This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolve Studios in LA and KZSB AM 1290 and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood in Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Hey, welcome to the Jeremiah Show. Got a special guest on today, Dr. D. Been looking forward to uh, Mark Platt as our special guest. And I've had to reschedule the poor man three times because I am horrible at schedules, well, <laughs> as you know. That means, and this is I my philosophy. An Anybody out there looking for a job? There you go. <laughs> that means this interview is going to be so good out of the park well yeah anything with mark anytime i get with mark is out of the park all right uh, and you're gonna find out why real quickly here i immediately liked mark platt uh, i was introduced to mark through his brother music executive and general manager at a-list media ysk entertainment inc jonathan platt who is in his own right another force of nature i jokingly tell both of them Forget about keeping up with the Kardashians. I just want to keep up with the Platts. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark has such a playful, but a very professional, friendly demeanor. Um, just a likable guy and doing so much in so many different areas. A lot of it uh, unselfishly and for the musicians, which I just really love. Um, why is he so busy, you may ask? Why is he so busy? Yeah, because you can find him, Dr. D. You can find him most days working from 6 a.m. until well past midnight. Oh, and I speak from experience here because I've, I've got texts from him or I've sent him those texts after 2 a.m. that you're not supposed to send. <laughs> and uh, in case it tells what you're – gives some sort of a hint of what you're up to. Well, I sent those off and he gets right back at me. So I know he's up and I know he's uh, he's got his hands in a lot of different things. And he is. So I'm going to answer your question. Why is he so busy? He's just no speaking English. <laughs> no, no speaking English. No speaking. He's working on his English as a second language. He's a singer songwriter. In fact, he just released his latest album, The Midlife Thing, on April 14th. Wow. That is true. It just came out. Congratulations. Wow. It was my birthday, by the way. Happy, happy birthday. You released the album, and I missed both of those. I didn't tell you happy birthday. I didn't congratulate you for the album, so I'm going to do it right now here on the radio. <laughs> Namaste. Mark is a radio host. His show, We Love the Beatles, is a one-hour show featuring all things fab. He runs six, excuse me, not six, four, but, uh, four, but I'm, I'm giving him two more because I know by the time we finish this interview, he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll start have started one. two more. Uh, he, he runs four radio stations, <laughs> broadcasting from every corner of the globe. He's responsible for the programming on all of them. Mark's Radio Candy Radio 
uh, promo company focuses on independent music artists worldwide. Radio Candy services more than 100 internet radio stations and also is an uh, admin for Radio Indie Alliance, um, a free chart service that caters only to independent radio stations. He manages the band, The Tearaways, that we've had on this program and uh, really enjoyed that show with us, guys. The Tearaways are a pop rock band from Santa Barbara, California, with a British invasion meets the California sun sound. The group was co-founded by primary songwriter, guitarist, and vocalist John Finseth Finn, as he likes to go by, in the early 1980s, and Isla Vista. The group tours worldwide. And... I'm not done, Dr. D. You're getting tired just hearing the resume, aren't you? Well, I was going to cut you off because we need to go to a break. No, we don't really, but <laughs> go ahead. Mark has just developed a new app for musicians. Oh, wow. The beta, It's in the beta testing stage. We're going to talk about it. Click, rock, go. Um, singer, songwriter Mark Platt has been well-known fixture in the Los Angeles music scene for nearly four decades. He began his career in 1983 taking an entry-level position at the newly formed label Rhino Records. Uh-huh. Rhino Entertainment Company is an American specialty record label and production company founded in 1978 and is currently the catalog division for Warner Music Group. A lot of my favorite musicians in those days were on Rhino Records, so I, uh, I, I'm, I'm very curious about that stint there. Yeah, Dr. Demento. I'm Get sorry. into it. That's my thing. The job gave him an invaluable education in every aspect of the music business and uh, no doubt paved the way for what he's doing now for indie music artists. He's a world-renowned advocate for the indie musicians, trying to break into today's industry and creating more opportunities for emerging artists in Los Angeles and around the world. The company has a lot of things in development, and we're going to uh, talk about those uh, and to help the plight of the music artist. So welcome to the show, Mark. So glad to have you. I appreciate it. I really, I I really appreciate it. And that was quite an intro Um, about my Rhino days, which was great. I actually, when I got, I got out of college late 82 and I started there in 82. And here's a really funny story about that. My, um, my family business was uh, to put, had all of the um, appliance and music departments in every May company around the country. And Mr. Foose, Richard Foose's father, was the president of the May company. And my grandfather was the president of Platt Music Company. And so, believe it or not, I didn't get that gig at Rhino because of my family connections. In fact, I got hired and I'm sitting in front of Richard, the owner of Rhino Records. And he goes, Platt are you part of that plan? I go, yeah. And he goes, wow, you got this job without any help. (laughs) That was my first job out of college. And the rest is all downhill after that. And it's important to point that out. You got everything you get is on your own, uh, your own doing there, Mark. Yeah. I got a little tired of playing the three part golf course at Rancho, you know, when I got out of college and I finally had to get a job. So I decided and I, and I applied and I, and it was a great job because I answered phones. I listened to demo tapes. I did everything, but there were only seven employees at Rhino. Now there's like 300 there, mm-hmm. but there were only seven of us wow. and they First were putting out cutting edge. Um, you know, they would make their own cool records. They also uh, repackaged old records. Um, they, you know, and we, we put out a whole bunch of them and okay. And I do have one funny rhino story if you want to hear it. Yeah, of course. And who are some of those artists though, that were in the real, we had wild man Fisher. We had the kazoo orchestra, you know, we had all kinds (laughs) of, uh, we had, uh, what is it? Bill mummies thing, uh, Barnes and Barnes. We had all these really cool things, but we also, had um arthur lee and love right we're on the label so i'd be answering the phones and then i would say every two weeks i'd get a call from a pay phone it was arthur lee hey man i want to come up and get my royalty check and so then i would call the owner harold bronson harold says he gets it every quarter not every two weeks <laughs> arthur, arthur lee arthur lee was famous for having uh, history of a little drug issue. So he, you know, he was, <laughs> but so every two weeks, I, I, I just knew like almost like, you know, 
by rote. I, oh, it's time for Arthur to call. Or Wildman Fisher, he would call too. And he was like a homeless guy, you know? So the, we had characters. But I am going to tell you the story of all stories, if you want to hear it. I, I, I should save it for the end of the show, but I'm going to tell it at the beginning. <laughs> so one day, it was a Friday afternoon at four o'clock. I was getting ready to leave. And the phone rings and it's San Quentin. And Oh, okay. San well, Quentin's you accept calling. You collect call from inmate got, number. <laughs> yeah. Wait till, you, wait, wait till you hear who I got a call from at San Quentin. Charles Manson. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I swear. He had sent us his demo <laughs> to Rhino, and my job was to listen to him. So I get up, and I go to Richard's office. I, my, I like, Richard, I got Charles Manson on the phone. You want to talk to him? No, no. You ask Harold. So I would go to Harold's office. You know, you want to talk? No. Go to Gary Stewart's office, who's the head of A&R. No. So I had to talk to him for 45 minutes on the phone about his demo. Like he, any, any normal musician, you know, who's calling in to follow up their call. And then at the end of 45 minutes, I hear the, uh, you know, the prison operator come on the phone. Uh, the prisoner, da, 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 whatever, X, Y, whatever, you know, the, your call six, is six, ended six. or whatever. And then click. <laughs> So that was, uh, you know, I was like 24 years old and that was my introduction to the music. Oh, man, that's a, good, that's a good story. Did you would you go home just a little bit creeped out or was it kind of a I cool... was I'm still creeped out and it's 40 years later yeah. almost. Wow. But here's the funny. Here's the interesting thing. Now, those those tapes got released by I think Berkeley Records put them out about three or four years later. We didn't put them out. It sounded like dust bowl music. It sounded like oaky Dust, and you could actually hear the prison door clanging and people talking in the background. And it, you know, it was, I should have kept the tape. I never kept the tape. Oh, what's so crazy yeah. about that is, uh, really, are they allowed after you've done something like Charles Manson did? Are you allowed to record and profit while you're in prison? That seems crazy to me. Can't answer the question, but I will note note one thing about Charles Manson. There's a song on a Beach Boys album called 2020. It's one of my favorite albums. He co-wrote that song or wrote the song. There's a song that he wrote that's on that album. Yeah, he was really kind of well-known throughout Southern California in those hippie circles, right? Because I know my mom was asked out to go on a double date. She told the story. Uh, her best friend went out on a date, was dating one of his his guys, and and she turned it down. Yeah, that's, I mean, mm -hmm. in Southern wow. Santa Barbara, he was in Santa Barbara a lot. And I mean, I, everybody's got a story almost, it seems like. Who knows how many are true, but that's a crazy story, Mark. <laughs> now, the true music, story. So the music wasn't any good? I mean, would you... You passed on him. <laughs> I passed. We passed on him. Now, but, wonder, but someone put it out. You can actually hear it on YouTube. You can go out on YouTube and hear Charles Manson's record. You'll make it through about ninety seconds, probably. Uh, maybe it needs <laughs> to be played in reverse. <laughs> there you go. Maybe it sounds better in reverse. Well, t um, what did you originally set out to do, Mark? Well, you know, it's interesting after, you know, my golf game wasn't so good at age 23 or whatever, you know, and and I had been, you know, starting. I did a lot of music at San Diego State and but I came back to California to get my become to L.A. to get my journalism degree, which I got at Northridge. And there's not a whole lot. You So my my grandparents, who I mentioned earlier, when I got out of college, they, they sent me out on a tour, basically of all their contacts and friends. So I met with, met with Ed Leffler who managed Sammy Hagar. And I remember him grabbing his billboard magazine and pointing, he goes, this is where it's at billboard magazine. And like, you know, he listened to about 25 seconds of the first song on my demo or whatever. And that, so that one did, it wasn't so good. So then the next place they sent me was William Morris agency. Cause they knew Abe Laskvogel, who was the chairman. Mm -hmm. Right. So I get there and I'm, you know, I, my, I, I guess I went into all this stuff like, all right, I gotta go, but I'm going to keep an open mind. So I walked into the William Morris interview and I meet with Mr. Lasfogo, who's walking around with a cane. He was about 86 at the time or what, 90 years old or whatever he was. And he said, I'm going to have you meet with Mr. Davis here. He's at the president of William Morris Agency. Like a 23-year-old guy just getting out of college. I mean, you should interview with HR. But they, like, they were going to hire me. Okay. They were basically, I walked in. I would have had this job. So what ended up happening is... I go through this whole half an hour talk with him. 
And he's like, okay, we'll, we'll start you in the mail room and you'll get this salary. And then you'll be an assistant to an agent. And then you'll be an agent. Cause I, at San Diego state, I actually booked bands with, um, a guy that ended up working at Wayne Morse. He was about two years ahead of me. So he's already there. So I actually could have probably got that job and nailed it. But the, here's the thing after about a half an hour, remember I'm 23 and I'm really want to be a musician. I kind of came clean. I said, you know, I really kind of want to be an artist. And he, and he was like, phew, I'm glad you told us this because we would have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in you and training you and doing all this stuff. And so this story is going to be interesting a little later when we talk about John Farrader, because my friend, John Farrader about six, maybe 10 years later, he took that job and became a super agent at William Morris Mm. and he thrived, but he always regretted that he wasn't really doing music. So when he left William Morris agency, he started doing music again and joined the tearaways. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is I ended up meeting John very late in the game, but we ran around what I like to call concentric circles. We knew all the same people, but we had never met until 2015. Right. Mm. And so then what ended up happening is John got sick and he passed away in 2019, but he had flatlined in 2009 and he got a renewed sense of life. And he really kind of lived it to the fullest for his last 10 years is what ended up happening. But it's so interesting that he actually ended up having that career that I didn't have, that I didn't want to have. Right. Um, and it, you know, just, you know, they wouldn't let him do music while he was at William Morris. Any regrets that you didn't follow that path that he followed? I zero regrets. I'm very happy where I am now. Yeah, you don't really, strike me as a guy that has regrets often. <laughs> I'm not a big regret guy, but I will say this. The, when I worked at Rhino, um, I met so many people like Peter Case of the Plimsolls. Peter was like my mentor and introduced me to Elvis Costello, John Hyatt, Steve Earle, Bonnie Raitt, uh, T-Bone Burnett, Stephen Soul, all these people. I was all of a sudden in the kind of circles that I wanted to be in, that I, you know, hanging out with Elvis Costello, going to Sunset Sound for his sessions and him sitting me down and having me listen to his stuff. That's I would have never had that opportunity if I had been at William Morris. Seriously, I would have never had those the kind of opportunities, learned the kind of lessons that I learned just being a musician and being fortunate to be put in a situation where I was able to meet all of my heroes, mm. hang out with R.E.M. when their R.E.M. was huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Go to go to the Greek theater and actually get to go backstage and, you know, because I of the people I knew, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. I can imagine. I mean, at, hanging out with R.E.M. at whatever stage of their fame would be a, a, a thrill. I love those guys. Uh, so you originally set out to be an artist. And then, you know, from the opening, um, you know, if if, if, if if the listeners were there at that opening, when I read off the things that you're just currently doing, the bar- barely scratched the surface. Um, you're wearing a lot of hats. You're you're doing a lot of things, but they all seem to to uh, complement each other. It's all almost the, the same thing. And at the core of that, feels like you've got the the artists such as yourself, uh, the musicians, singer songwriters, indie artists. Um, you've got them at and at, at top of mind, and you're creating. Um, you're taking advantage of the new music industry in a way. Uh, and and uh, using your smarts and the, the things you've learned over the 40 years to create uh, more opportunities for music indie artists that maybe you weren't, they weren't offered there for you at the time as you came up through the ranks. How would you describe yourself, Mark? I know everybody else describes you in certain ways and you've got different titles, but how would you give yourself a job title? Who is Mark Platt? Okay, I will. Okay, I'm the original DIY guy. So back in 1983, when I worked at Rhino, you know, I I told them, I said, hey, I want to put out a record. So Gary Stewart, my boss, who was the head of A&R, the late great Gary Stewart, he said, all right, Mark, I'm going to give you a list. Here's a list of what you need to do. 
I wish I had kept that list too, but I may have it down in my storage somewhere. And, and it, and it had about 20 things on it. All right. So he, one day he walked in and put this list on my desk. Okay. First thing is you're going to go to radio Tokyo and work with Ethan James and he'll, he'll engineer your record. And Bill Inglot, who worked at Rhino at the time, went in with me and actually kind of shepherded it through because he's shepherded. I wasn't signed to Rhino, but I said I wanted to do this. And they said, we're going to help you do it. So Bill went in with me and kind of supervised the sessions. I didn't have a band, but I I did have a band in like the year before called The Impossible. So we just said, we're just going to call this The Real Impossibles. And it wasn't really a band, but we did this record. And my old girlfriend, Jenny, who you've met, um, she did the cover, right? So I record this record. I grab some of my friends, Probin Gregory, who now plays with Brian Wilson. Uh, this guy named Harlan played drums. And my old college roommate, Wally, played bass on it. And so we called it The Real Impossibles. It was a five-song EP, right? So I went through the list. You're going to go record it at Radio Tokyo. You're going to master it at Bernie Grunman, who's one of the greatest mastering guys around in Hollywood on Sunset. So I got to go master it where all my friends were getting their records mastered. Right. So it got mastered there. I had it uh, pressed. I want to say, I can't remember the name of the pressing plant. It doesn't exist anymore, but um, they pressed it. So I had like a thousand copies made. Right. And then he said, okay, here's on the list. You're going to send it to all of these radio stations, uh, these selected radio stations and these selected writers. So I had all the addresses. Some of them were in France, Germany, England, whatever. I just did what Gary did. With, I went through the list, did everything that I was told to do, took to good directions on this. And what ended up happening was one day I come in into work on a Friday. And I remember the late, great Tom Brown, who was our loading. Uh, he was the guy in charge of uh, unpacking all the boxes of all the records that would come in for our Sounds Good, which was the import export company that Rhino owned also. I'm walking into work on Friday through the thing and he t- tosses the Herald Examiner and he goes, Hey, way to go. Great job. And I open it up and there's a picture of my record next to Tom Petty review, you know, Bonnie rate, all these reviews on that, that Michael Gilmore, uh, who wrote for the Herald Examiner wrote, and I got this amazing review. And one of the lines at the last line in the review was, um, this is the band, the Plimsolls wish they could be. And the Plimsolls were my favorite band, right? And so <laughs> this is a hilarious story. I ended up becoming friends with Peter Case of the Plimsolls like that next year. And he was like, so <laughs> you're, you're the guy in the band that we, we hope we can be. And the Plimsolls were like the biggest yeah. band in Los Angeles. They were one of the, I mean, they had a million miles away. They had a huge hit. So I ended up becoming inseparable with Peter Case and his wife, Victoria, at the time for three years. So I hung out with Peter for three years. And that review, like, opened so many doors. I didn't have a band. So all of a sudden, I'm scrambling. I need to get a band. So I'm putting things in Music Connection. And I'm putting ads on that. And, and I got this drummer. And, and Proben stayed on and played bass with me before he went to Brian Wilson. And then I put this band together. And we were on MTV. And we got great reviews in England and Germany and France. We were on you know, charts over there because I had mailed them all out. And when we come back from the break, in a bit, I'm going to talk about how that translates to 2022. So, you know, that's basically what's up. Dr. D is, is Mark, the radio man, uh, the guy who runs all these stations. Is he, does he, he knows what time he, he are, he's instinctively knows we need to take a break. Doesn't he? He does. Is he right on, on Mark? On the Mark. Yeah. Is Mark on the Mark? Mark is on the Mark. (laughs) Uh, that's, and the march. He's he, on the march. He intuitively he <laughs> he's, he knows uh, when we need to take a break. I love it. All right. Well, we'll take a break. I want to talk about your new album, Mark. Congratulations on releasing that. We're listening to Mark's new album this entire uh, show, and um, and we're going to premiere a song at the very very end here. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. We're going to take you out to uh, to break with "Who's Going to Save Me Now." Anything you want to say about that, Mark? Before we go to break, or do you want to let it stand on its own? I'll let it stand on its own. All right. Okay. All right. Let me uh, give out a little bit of information. The new album is The Midlife Thing. It's uh, 
by Mark Platt. He put it out on April 14th, so you can get it now. It's available on theorchard.com, also on Bandcamp. You can check out Mark's latest record, The Midlife Thing, on all streaming platforms. And right now at markplatt.bandcamp.com, look up that midlife thing. His radio candy indie show appears on the radio, radio radio.com network in different countries around the world. You can find him on Facebook at Mark Platt, Big City, and Twitter at two different places, The Platitudes and Radio Candy Hits. We'll be right back. are gone My love's moved on Who's gonna save me now When I take my licks And I'm in a fix Who's gonna save me now Mr. Restaurant is a tasty new segment on The Jeremiah Show. Host Will Knox, renowned restaurant real estate specialist, serves up a fresh look at the restaurant business. On the menu, celebrity chefs, startups, operators, deal makers, designers, and those are just some of the appetizers. Look for all of Mr. Restaurant's shows. Tell your smart speaker to play The Jeremiah Show, Mr. Restaurant. Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Back to the Jeremiah Show. My special guest today on the show is Mark Platt. He's got a new album out, That Midlife Thing. It's available on theorchard.com and also on markplatt.bandcamp.com. Type in and search for the album, That Midlife Thing. Welcome back, Mark. Well, let's talk about the album. Just released. Okay. I'm all ready to talk about the album. <laughs> tell, so, us, tell us about this the album. Is, this is the first record where I... And I've done several, but I I didn't, this is not what I would call a commercial record. Okay. I really set out, I had a kind of a statement that I wanted to make. There's a lot of men that go through a lot of stuff like multiple marriages, families breaking up and all of these things. And that's what this record is about. This record is about stuff that men think about but don't necessarily talk about so much. And I think the best way I can express myself is through my music, you know, when it comes to how I feel. And I think most men, they repress those kind of feelings about how do they feel about, well, this marriage didn't work out or this relationship or my job didn't work out or my career is failing or whatever it is. And that, that, that is what the theme of every song on this record. In fact, there's a there's 15 other songs that I wrote for this record that I removed because I really wanted it to have this. 
And then by the end of the record, there's a little bit of hope. And I like to do that. Like there, there's a song called The Love of My Life. And that, and to me, Which that we're is about premiere. The Love yeah, of My Life. Yeah. That. It's, mm-hmm. It hasn't aired anywhere yet. And I always believe that it's important to end every record I can think of that I've done with a lit, some kind of message of hope. And because no matter how down you can get with all of these things that happen and, you know, things don't just happen to you in life. You have to participate in those things happening. Mm. That is all over this record. So that's what that midlife thing is about. I'm curious as to your thoughts about some of the people who have been not actively involved in what you're talking about, but who have certainly spoken about it. Uh, And the first person I can think of early on, and it's not Robert Bly. I have an unfortunate story about him. Uh, It's actually Tim Allen, who his comedy back in what was it, the 80s was about, you know, men are pigs, (laughs) you know, but he talked he was accused of being anti-woman when in fact he wasn't anti-woman he was actually just pro-man and all of those things that make us men Hmm. well i think in the context of relationships when you're born you have a relationship with your parents Mm -hmm. right let's just say that well in my case my mom died when i was 12 so i've had a you know, almost 50 year relationship with grief about losing my mom when she was 34 and I was 12. So I think that those kinds of things keep recurring in our lives and patterns and a tape that we keep running over and over again. Maybe it's in our relationships. Maybe we date women and they're all some kind of version of your mom, your late mom that you don't even know because you're 12 when she dies and you have this fantasy and this whole thing built up in your, in your psyche and then never leaves you. So, so Tim Allen, I don't know how he was raised. You know, I don't know. I I couldn't speak for either of you guys, but I do know a lot of guys have been through a lot of similar things that I've been through. And so my gut feeling is they must have had the same kinds of emotional thoughts and feelings that I put in this record because I was very, very specific. There's the opening song on the records called Howling at the Moon, which is something where I believe guys do that. You know, oh, poor me. And I'm just going to scream at the sky because I'm such a victim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- th- there's just all these different emotions. Guys don't they act out instead of actually talking it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of in a lot of things. So th- that's kind of what this record is. And here's an interesting irony. And I'll, I'll drop off on this. Uh, obviously, we've heard the stereotypes, especially of kids growing up, boys, male children growing up, you know, man up, you know, uh, you know, big boys don't cry and all that kind of stuff. But then when you're an adult, your partner wants you to share how you're feeling, except when you get angry, when you get upset, you're not allowed to express that. In an, in a, again, in an appropriate manner. And it's like, well, what do you want me to do? I, I can't do both. I can't not be angry because I am over whatever the situation is and also express how I'm feeling. And that's got to be, like I said, okay. a real frustration. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me put it this way. Okay. So <laughs> you're, you're with somebody and you look at them and they're sitting across from you and it's almost like it can be almost like looking in the mirror sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. And they can reflect back at you, the things about yourself that are weak or not, you know, at your highest strength. Mm -hmm. And then you'll realize it. And then that's how you grow. And that I I can only speak for myself. That's what's, that's what I've realized. Like, I get it back at me and like, oh, I really need to look at this. Yeah. And then that's growth. Yeah. That's manning up, dude. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Well, well, uh, the album, we're listening to the album throughout the program and that insight. I, I love when you get an insight like that from the artist, you know, that 
where they don't totally paint the picture for you, but it gives you context, and I think you hear hear it in a different way, yeah. and and uh, and apply it to your yourself like all good music. And I also see Mark that you you don't give us all of it because we have to do the work. You know, you know, no one's going to give me the answers to that question per se, uh, but they'll like you just did. Uh, some as my, and, and as Jeremiah said, an insight into it that well, okay, that, that I'll look at. That who's going to save me now song that you already played. Yeah, that that song is like okay, that is the victimization. You know, like I've done. You know, my parents have died. My love has moved on. Who's going to save me now? Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, me. I'm the only one that can save myself. <laughs> That's so true. And we yeah. came back with "Howling at the Moon" that that you referenced here at the beginning. Um, that were the album, the, the initial, the, the first track off the album. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go out with Lie to Each Other in a moment. But before we go, um, let me, you know, what do you hope from the album? Um, who do you hope to, you hope to reach the, the man that needs that, um, that perspective, Mark? Or you know, what, what's your best, what are you hoping, the, you know, I, I for take, the best I, for the I album? I actually taste, tested it with a lot of male friends of mine. And they, they all related to it. Mm. And they all made it all the way through the record. And that was good for me. Cool. <laughs> uh, your success already. Well, let's talk about the different, the Radio Candy Media and all the different things that you've got going on. Because I think this is fascinating. And for those, we've got a real big audience of indie artists and musicians, you know, as you probably do, Mark, that send me uh, singles all day long and want to be, you know, have it played. And uh, most of the time we'll bring them on the show. We'd rather really get to know them as well as the music. Um, <laughs> excuse me but the um excuse me uh we got bad winds here in santa barbara and uh, <laughs> my allergies are acting up um you're doing a lot of things to help these indie artists and i want that you know those listeners out there those people that are out there uh that are tuning in to get insight into uh, all different perspectives of the business of music um you you offer some pretty great platforms for them to uh, get their music out there wide. Can you talk about that a little bit? Very simple. So back in 2012, I started listening to some indie radio stations, some internet stations. I would go into the chat rooms. I would meet some of the program directors, presenters. And just because I had done this in the 80s by sending it out by mail, as I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. in 2012 terms, it would be like the internet. So I would send them over an MP3 and then some uh, Isaac Banks in Australia started playing my stuff all the time. And then I met a bunch of guys, a bunch of different people. And then what ended up happening was um, once we got our first station, we took it over in 2015. I reached out to these guys and I said, hey, why don't we all band together and put some indie charts together? Um, with stations. And I started with like 10 or 15 stations that I dealt with. And now it's up to about 70, 75 stations, 75 shows or whatever, mm. including yours, Jeremiah, mm -hmm. you're one of, you do a chart too. So that's yeah, where we're at. It's, a, it's an honor. It's an honor to be involved in that and, and uh, help the artists. All right. We're going to hear about uh, radio candy media and how, if you're an artist, you can submit your music and get it played on uh, hundreds of stations out there uh, via Mark and his, his app and his website here. Uh, we're going to take a break with lie to each other. This is off the new album by Mark Platt, that midlife thing. Find it on theorchard.com and also on Bandcamp. I always push people towards Bandcamp. Um, hope that's okay with you, Mark, because I think you make the 80% of everything that comes in. Mark Platt.bandcamp.com. The album again is that midlife thing. Find them on Mark Platt, Big City on Facebook and on Twitter. Two places, The Platitudes and Radio Candy Hits. We will be right back once again. Here is Lie to Each Other. Don't know 
other But when we have no cover We lie to each other Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio, the Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio dot rocks. Hey there, I'm Caleb. I'm Becca. And I'm Joshua. And we, we are a girl named Tom. Go to girlnametom.com to hear more of our music buy merchandise and learn about our story you're listening to the jeremiah show You've been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Christian. We're L1011. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show. The Jeremiah Show. Whatever happened to the little boy in the mirror? He's lost his way. He just disappeared, but I really don't care. I really don't care. They try to save my soul. Uh, welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. That was the Apathy song by Mark Platt off his new album, That Midlife Thing. Once again, you can get it on theorchard.com or bandcamp.com. It just got released. The newest album by Mark Platt. Uh, he's also so much more radio. He's the CEO of Radio Candy Media. We've talked a little bit about that. Radio Indie Alliance and four different radio stations out there. Mark, talk about the, the artist and what the artist means to you and how you help the artist with your radio. You teed team. that one up good, Jeremiah. That was perfect to you. So basically I get, I have the, the show called Radio Indie, Radio Candy Indie Show. And it's actually on about 25 stations all over the place. A lot of people take the show and I don't talk. I basically do an intro, there's an outro, and there's about six, 15 or 16 songs. It's stuff from all over the world. And I just really believe that like my show is a really good platform for any of those artists that just like many, I've worked with many different artists that have been around for years that never get heard. And so this is one of the things my friend John Ferreira and I were talking about for the last four years of his life. And we were, we wanted to do something. We were going to start this company and we actually went in and had a meeting with Universal at one point. And I remember sitting in that meeting feeling like, this is glitzy. This looks good. This PowerPoint we're showing him with all these great artists and stuff, but I don't think we have it. And I wasn't sure of that at the time, but over time I realized we didn't have it. What is that thing that's going to change the paradigm? What's that thing that's going to do what John and I have been talking about doing? And it wasn't until John passed away that I realized, like, I really have to get to work here to figure out, you know, and we kind of deconstructed the whole process. And then once you do that, then, you know, we came up with this app called Click Rock Go, which is a, a delivery service and a way that you can actually uh, present music in a way um, to, uh, you know, you can you could show people that are like-minded, that like certain genre. And the first one is going to be indie rock. We're going to have different jobs. So the company is going to be called Click Go, but the first one's going to be called Click Rock Go because it's basically indie music. Mm -hmm. And what, what ends up happening is we're going to make it so that users of the app, which will be for free, by the way, the app's going to be free when we launch it later this year. And then we're going to have artists will have landing pages, which is going to be very inexpensively priced, like $20 a year, $5 setup. Very, very reasonable. And they'll be able to stream a video, three songs. There's a community area. And this is the stuff that I think is the, the game changer about all this. Artists and users will be able to connect with each other directly. So on the, on the, the, the hub pages, which are the landing pages, there's a connect directly to the artist. 
there's tip the artist. So users will be able to tip the artist, right? We're going to be involved in, in um, tokenization and gamification through um, probably uh, Ethereum, which is a cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Users of the app will not ever pay anything for anything, but they'll do things to earn points through Ethereum. It's, it's kind of complicated, but basically it would be like if I took you to the, you know, the promenade and I gave you $20 and I said, those $20 are, are very useful to the artists that are busking here. And you could go give as much of that $20 as you want to each artist, you know, that you have mm-hmm. your $20 and it's going to be useful to them. My belief, and a lot of people that believe this, not everybody, but I, a lot of people believe I want to discover and find the next art, the next big artist. I love music. I have a passion for music. I want to help artists. And I think that a lot of people feel that they want to help discover and be part of that process of discovering. And then we're going to set it up with the way we're setting up ClickGo is you'll be able to not only help the artists just by tipping them, but through this point system that we're going to develop, you might be able to help them fund an album. Like I need a $5,000 recording budget. Okay. Artists will have to do some things like get people to sign up for our users, get points for that. Mm -hmm. There'll be different things that they'll be able to get points for. That's called gamification. That's we're gamifying the app to make it useful for the, and fun for the users and there's going to be a daily chart for the artists on the click rock go. So the artists are going to be engaged. They're going to be checking that thing every damn day to see if they're on it for one. Right. Then they'll be able to share it on their social media. There's so we have this plan for this whole thing, but the main bread and butter of our company is the, my promo company, which is radio candy um, media. So it's radio And we do, and I keep the prices very reasonable for artists, like uh, $250 for a one song campaign, usually about 125 to even 150 stations. Um, it's $500 for a two song campaign. That's more like 150 to 175 states. So, so we, we have those two groupings together, um, you know, the, for the price points. But my, so my they can get the single out there to all those stations. Right. And I've been an artist for 40 years. So I know I don't want to charge $1,500, you know, like a lot of terrestrial radio people do. I want my prices really reasonable. I'd rather do multiple campaigns for different artists, you know, and, and, and do it that way. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then hammer eight stations and try to get them on the billboard charts and make them pay $10,000 for ads on billboard. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and our Radio Indie Alliance charts, those are not chosen by me. Those are chosen by the state. Jeremiah does his own chart. The stations do their own charts. All we do is all we do is we admin and we copy, paste, post, tag. And that's what we do. That's what Radio Indie Alliance does. We get the information from the stations and the shows and we post the charts on Facebook. And then all the artists are happy and everyone lives happily ever after. That's it. Mark, you're, you're hitting the areas. What I love is that you... you, you uh, you have that unique perspective. Well, you've got a couple different viewpoints and perspectives here that you have borrowed from and you see where it needs to go. You see whether the need is as an artist, you see where the need is uh, because you've, you've grown up in the music industry, what, what the executives are looking for or the, but you're, you're leaning towards the artist and how to help that artist and how to get their, rate, their, their song played. Um, how can people get a hold of you to, to send a, if they've got a, a new single and they want to get airplay like you're talking about? Where, where can they, okay. where do they I'm go? Very, I have rules. <laughs> Rule number one, send it to CandyRadioHitSongs at Yahoo.com. CandyRadioHitSongs at Yahoo.com attach an mp3 file don't send me your whole record i will delete it i am lazy i will not listen to a whole album i like living in my house where i am and i want to have time to live my life so i don't want to listen to your whole record i want to listen to your best song send me a single i'll play it on my radio candy indie show i play most stuff it'll find its way onto the show the other thing is don't rule number two don't break rule number one. 
Don't send me a link. Don't send me a Dropbox link. Don't send me your Bandcamp link. I can't do anything with it because I'm not going to take the time to download songs because I get 200 a week. Hmm. I have time to go in and hit and download one song if you attach the MP3. To that address again? Candy Radio Hit Songs at Yahoo.com. And also don't write me a long email. Just write me a sentence or two because I'm not going to have time to read, you know, war and peace. <laughs> I just want, give me the, 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 who, what, when, where, why. Yeah. And, I'm Mark. And here's my song. Here's my bio. Here's my, Here it is. my you know what I love? <laughs> you know what my favorite? Here's my favorite thing. Here you go. It's an MP3. <laughs> That's go. my favorite. Well, hey, follow Mark's directions. Yeah. Uh, he'll get it played, yeah. and then you can do all that rest with me. We, you can come on the show. We can do your bio. We can. You'll talk be hearing from me, Mark. I've got one. I've got one song. Uh, I'm down, Dave. I hope you, know you wrote down the rules, Doctor D. I know the rules. Uh, okay, yeah, don't you know mess up those rules. I won't. Okay, Mark, <laughs> we got to take another quick break, Mark. When we come back, let's talk about what you think from your vo- unique viewpoint. Um, what the future of the music business looks like. I think you're inventing it, and uh, that you have. And so let's talk about that when we come back from the break. Couple things here. Let's talk about Click Rock Go again, the new music delivery system that empowers artists and fans to build a community. It's a dream of music fans to be more connected to artists that they love. And it's also a dream of musicians to have direct access and to, to their fans and to get paid for their hard work. Our Click Rock Go app gives users access to new music in an easy way to help fans find new artists. It's all about the musical connection. We have a better way to bring artists and fans together, discover new music, and do it on their phones. No AI, no algorithms. Click Rock Go at Radio Candy Media. We'll be right back. I got this movie playing in my head. Friends long ago, some are dead. Runs in slow motion, fades away And keeps spinning in autoplay Black and white, black and white I never seem to get it right When I go to sleep at night I only dream in black and white I only dream in black and white Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi there, everybody. This is Ann Hitch. Hey, everybody. I'm Art Alex Hux from the band Everclear. My name's Danny Dreho. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah, your loved home. you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business, see how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Hey, this is Jeff Stump Baxter. Please open your heart and reach out to a veteran and let them know, number one, that they are loved and respected. You won't give up if they don't give up. And you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Jeremiah show we just came back in with Mark Platt the new uh, album is the midlife thing the song we just heard was uh, make sure I got it right here we just came back with hanging around Mark welcome back let's talk about 
who is John Ferreter? Who who was John Ferreter? You've mentioned him a couple times here. I know he was in the Tearaways. He inspired you, I believe, for the Click Rock Go app. Is that true? Well, John inspired me uh, for each of the uh, like Radio in the Alliance. He mm-hmm. was my biggest. He was just his thing was Mark. Just do this every day. Do this every week. Do this every month. Make sure it's consistent. Make sure that artists can see that that there are stations playing them because then they will check it every week and they're going to be involved and they're going to be engaged. And that was John's thing. John was like, if you can engage, just like my brother, John Platt, by the way, if you can engage artists and fans, then you're halfway home. And there is a, a home. And that's the thing. A lot of these people that I work with, a lot of these bands like in Boston, like the Dogmatics, they've been around for 40 years and they were never able to break out of their locality of Boston. Some people in New York know myself, but, you know, I've been working, doing their promo and stuff for the last two years. Uh, They're on a roll. The Tearaways were on a big, big roll when I was working, you know, working with them first off the bat. And now, you know, I think things are going really well for them. And when John passed away, John managed them and he was also in the band. The band called me and they said, uh, we're, you're the only one we really want to manage us. And I said, I've never managed a band before. <laughs> I've been in bands. I've been the, always the front guy. And he says, well, we'll learn together. And the first call I made was to Ed Stasium, who I'd known for a while, uh, who produced the Ramones and Talking Heads and all these things. I said, Ed, will you, uh, ma- will you produce the record? And he goes, you pay me and I'll do it. And so we we were paid him to do it. And we recorded it at Village Recorders. And you guys debuted it on your show. And I think the record's outstanding. Yeah. And I co-wrote all the songs with Finn and the band. You know, we're all the writers on it. But Finn and I were the main spearheaded guys on this. And I, that was one of my creative highlights of the last, you know, that was certainly my creative highlight during COVID. Because we wrote the whole record during the COVID Mm -hmm. and it's telling their story and who they are. And we set out to write, how do you want to be on a stage singing these songs? Who's your audience? And that's how we approached every song on the Tearaways record. So it's a great album. I I love songwriting. So songwriting is my thing. What's the, the future I, of uh, music business looks? Uh, you're creating it, basically, in my opinion. You're 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 creating some the way it's going to go. But what does it look in you know a couple sentences? What does it look like to you? It looks bright. There is a future. There is a way forward if artists can engage directly with their fans, because now there are things like Spotify, Instagram, and TikTok, and there's some great platforms out there. But that's not direct engagement. It's still um, it's still muddled. And I think with what our delivery system that we're going to be delivering, I plan to go talk to some higher up companies and say, look what we're doing. This may be a way forward for you. And if we can do that, then I think we can change things. And Mark, you're talking to some pretty big names in the business that are interested, but I know that you're also interested in musician endorsements and you'd love to have some musicians play with the beta version that w- that's in works right now before the app goes live and get real musicians feedback. Is there, well, how would they get a hold of you? How would, if there's a, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of great musicians out there from all different levels in the business and, the, and, and different levels of success that listen to this show, how can they get a hold of you if they want to be a part of this? Click rock. You know, I hadn't really thought about that, but go ahead and if you send me an email to candy radio hit songs at yahoo.com and you put click rock go in the subject line, then I will, uh, I will get it to the people who need to get it and then we will get them set up. Great. And they can check it out. Okay. We're about to do the uh, world premiere of the love of my life. Um, Do you want to set up that song? about my girl karen man that's how i feel (laughs) karen okay mark before we say goodbye i got to give out a couple things real quick here i got just in as we were doing the show from mike gormley our mutual friend he sent me skunk's itinerary jeff skunk baxter doobie brothers and steely dan hall of famer um he he and his band will debut at the ram's head in annapolis maryland on may 3rd the band is really really good uh they're in Alexandria. Well, well, email me, Jeremiah at the Jeremiah Show. I'll send you the itinerary or go to Skunk's website and you can check it all out. 
Uh, the new single is out this week, also on radio. It's Bad Move with Clint Black. It's off Skunk's uh, new solo album. Actually, his original and only solo album uh, that he's approved in 11 years. So that's coming out. Um, and the new Clint Black Bad Move is out. Also, Larry Vigon got a text message from our good friend Larry Vigon, who is, as you all know, an artist who's created some of your best and favorite album covers from Fleetwood Mac to Chicago to Eric Clapton, Counting Crows, and the list goes on and on. Uh, he says they are projecting his art on the gallery building which is uh, in Santa Barbara. I'll, if you go to my Facebook page, I'll give you out the address for that. Um, it's this Saturday, April 23rd at the uh, Silo 118 Gallery in the Funk Zone. It's amazing. I actually went and saw the work projected on the first gallery opening show. There are also pictures on my Facebook page. It's amazing. It's Gary, uh, Larry's work is just amazing. So congratulations to Skunk Baxter. Have a great tour, my friend. And I hope you guys can catch him out. Listeners can catch up with him somewhere out there on the road. Uh, Mark Platt, final words from you, my friend. I love you guys. And I really appreciate being on your show and uh, check out the Tearaways record when it comes out, everybody also, as well as mine, but uh, the Tearaways, I'm really proud of that work also. Do you mind if we, we dedicate the show to your good friend, John Ferreter? I would, I would appreciate that greatly. He just, his birthday was the 15th. Mine was the 14th. I always had it on him. I was one day older than literally <laughs> one day older. Well, happy birthday to both of you and happy birthday to you. My friend, Mark Platt is, uh, was our special guest. Really great time with you this hour. Here it is the TGS world premiere, the love of my life. My life never seemed real to me. Love of my life, would she ever come true? Love of my life, just some fantasy. Love of my life. and you are listening to the Jeremiah Show. Listen, man.
Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to Dr. D for making our voices come alive on the airwaves and to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Be sure to check out our very own Richard Dugan, a.k.a. Dr. D, Peabody Award-nominated radio show. Tell me your story every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound and engineer producer Richard Dr. D. Dugan and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. I'm a good This is Miles Copeland. Yeah, I just had the honor of speaking to the Jeremiah Show. Who would have believed that little old me would have the opportunity to speak on such a prestigious show? And they even talked about my book, Two Steps Forward, One Step Back, My Life in the Music Business. So it was a great pleasure to uh, be on that show, the Jeremiah Show. I love you. I love you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.